You've all heard, and probably at least most of you in this room, if not all, have answered at least once in your life that classic college essay or first interview for a job question, what figure across time or history or space would you most like to have dinner with and why? We know this question. And we also know that there are all kinds of different ways of strategies for answering this question. You can answer it in a political way or a creative way or a savvy way, depending on how badly you want the job or the college placement, as it were. We know this question, and sometimes it's just a fun question for conversation. Who would you like to have dinner with if you could choose? From anyone in history, anyone in the world? It's a good question. But we've heard from some of our other stories in our Gospels, not the one tonight so much, but some of our other stories. We know that for Jesus, this question wasn't just a mere exercise. Jesus could have dinner with anyone he wanted to throughout history. We witnessed him in our Gospels sitting down for conversation with Moses and Elijah, prophets who lived centuries before him. Jesus could eat with anyone he wanted to. Anyone. And yet, look at who he did eat with. Jesus ate with all kinds. He could choose his dinner guests with savvy or creativity or with deft political awareness, but he chose very strangely. Jesus ate with all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. And at that meal, the one we celebrate tonight, that last meal, We know that there were fishermen and there were tax collectors. There were the righteous and the sinners, the believers and the doubters. The betrayer was there at the table disguised as a friend. Jesus knew he was there. Jesus chose him to be there. Jesus invited him to that meal and had the meal with him present. Now, some of you may be thinking that that crowd at that meal has nothing on the crowd coming to your house for Easter brunch this year. You may be right. We do this to ourselves at the holidays, don't we? We set the table beautifully with our silver and china and put the flowers in the middle of the table, and then we hold our breaths, knowing that a few people in this crowd would not render a mention on our college essays. And yet here we are eating together, our people, our people, our chosen people, our friends and our relatives, a select few around our tables eating the food that we've chosen to put there. If you're like me, sometimes you're a little sad when the meal is over and everyone disperses back to their places. Some years you may be grateful to get free, largely unscathed, Those are the tougher years. The family dinner table is different from this table. Tonight, 
Maundy Thursday. Tonight is the night we remember the institution of this strange, strange meal that happened. That meal that kicked off the start of a series of events that changed the course of history, that changed the world. Yesterday, our Holy Week preacher, King Amig, took the liberty of calling Wednesday a midweek break from the sadness and darkness and drudgery of Holy Week. I would argue that we do that tonight. Our red stoles and red paraments, the red covering from the cross, have been hung up somewhere else for the evening. We're wearing our celebratory festive white. We honor and remember the institution of this most sacred of meals, this meal we remember again and again together. The hymns we sing tonight are hymns of love and of honor, of bread and of wine. We can rest from our introspection and self-flagellation for a moment, and we can love this meal. But... If that's all, if we treat tonight as just a rest, just a lovely meal, just a nice remembrance of what was given to us, and not a remembrance of what we've been given to do, we miss the point. We miss our calling Jesus could have chosen anyone, anyone he wanted to, to share that last meal. He could have chosen scholars and lawmakers, professionals and celebrities. He could have chosen prophets and kings of the past to legitimate who he was, the work he had done, the actions he had yet to come. He could have chosen anyone. But he didn't. Take, bless, break, eat. Take, bless, pour, drink. These have become the holiest actions of our tradition. And Jesus did them with the motliest of people by his side. These people, too, would not have warranted a mention on anyone's college entrance essays. But they showed up, they ate, and they drank, and they passed this tradition down to us. And here's what I know. They still eat with us today. We still eat together all of those people, all of us people, the liars and the lovers, the sinners and the teachers and the tax collectors and the believers and the doubters, the betrayers. They, we, come to this table for solace and for strength. We come to this table for pardon and for redemption. We can't choose 
whom we kneel with around this table any more than we can choose what we eat when we get there. We don't get to choose. That's what Jesus wants us to see in that motley crew. The people you love, they're here. The people you find hard to love, they're here too. The people that you disdain, dislike, distrust, they're all here. And you don't get a say in that. He chose for us. He chose all of us. No one is excluded. No one is left out. We kneel down and we enact and reenact this meal over and over with the rules Christ set for us in that first meal. Take, bless, break, eat. And we enact this meal with our hearts set to the mandate he set for us. Love one another as I have loved you. Amen.